came back on on Wednesday night, 9.45. No, 9.15. Uh, and and, and I, I was in trouble because um, I live in a basement. And so it was cooler. That's nice. It was a little wet, as it is in here today. And, uh, and in the midst of, of all that, I, I figured out that I need an electric pump to flush the water out of the sink and the toilet and all this kind of stuff to get it upstairs. I took a shower one day and walked outside, and there's a pool in my uh, stairwell for me to go outside, and, and it had, like, soap, shampoo in it. It's like, Wow! And then, and then I got the news, yeah, that, that, yeah, we have a pump. And I'm like, well, somebody better hook something up to that pump to get it working because I know that I'm going to have to go to the bathroom before tomorrow night. <laughs> and I know I'm going to have to wash myself. I can't hardly stand myself after 15 minutes in this heat. So I know I'm going to have to do that. So they went and got a generator. And they put portable power outside. But I needed power inside. You know what I'm talking about? So you know what they did? They went and grabbed a bunch of extension cords. I mean a bunch of extension cords. And ran it from that generator into my house in order that I could have power where I needed it. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about extension cords. Now, Paul doesn't use extension cord language. He used jars of clay. And some of y'all, y'all heard about jars of clay. You know, you're nothing but a cracked pot. Yeah, I've had that applied to me much. And you know, you're right. I'm a hillbilly. I got the boots on. I got the belt with my name on it. And I talk like I'm not from Virginia. But that's all right. Because this cracked pot can be used by God as a vessel through which His Spirit may flow. And it really doesn't matter if I'm from Kentucky or Virginia or Timbuktu. He can use me. Now, if we go, we're going to read, if you want to turn in your Bibles to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4... We're going to start reading with verse 5. But before we get there, let me take you to talk to you about what Paul wants to tell these people. He, he, um, he's talking to two groups of people. He's talking to these Jewish uh, worshipers who had grown up under the law. They were long-time Christians. You know, daddy was a Christian, mama was a Christian, grandma was a Christian, grandpa was a Christian. And they had their traditions that they followed. Some of these folks over here in the church at Corinth didn't come from a Christian background. So they had the nerve to believe that they could worship differently than what those folks over there did. And so Paul uses an illustration and he says, there is uh, something that dwells on you that is the glory of God. Doxa, in Hebrew, kabod, or kabod, kabad. 
There's another word in Hebrew that I really like, and someday I may talk about this a little bit more, but Shekinah. You all have heard of the Shekinah glory? Yeah? And, and, and literally what that means is just dwelling or presence of God. So glory is a sign that we as human beings can see of the presence of God. We can't see God, but His glory allows us to understand He's there. You ever been in a service where God came? And, you, and, and, and it's like you're like, whoa! That's what I long for every week that I come into this place. I, it's not that I mind being with you. I like being with you. But I want to be in the presence of God. I want the dwelling of the Spirit to be so full, so rich, so transforming that I can't see anybody else or anything else. I just am basking in the presence. And you remember... And Paul it, it tells them about how Moses went up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. Now, the first time he went up, God wrote on the tablets. He brought them back down to the people. And because he was up there so long, they got concerned, worried, thinking something had happened. And, and they decided they would rather just worship a God like they knew. And so they created a golden calf, and it made Moses so mad. He took the Ten Commandments, smashed them to pieces. God said, you got to have the commandments. You're going to have to go back up again. So he goes back up and God visits him. And this time, he doesn't come down the same way he came in the first time. This time when he comes back down, he had been in the presence of God. And not just God had, had written on the stone. He had to write on the stone. But God's presence was so real that it covered his countenance. He walked down Everybody in that place knew he had been with God. Hello? Do people know that you've been in the presence of God? Moses got back down. People said, I don't want to see your face. It is too bright. It is. It makes me feel bad. You know, when God is so real, sin shirks. It shrinks back from the light. It says, I don't like that. Covered up. And so they said, we don't, we don't like that. It makes, us feel, it makes us feel naked. It makes us feel uh, vulnerable. It makes us feel revealed. Cover up your face. God's too much for us. He's good for you, but He's too much for us. And they were in a learning process. But the glory faded. And there's a reason why the glory faded. Paul says that Moses got this glory and it began to dissipate. And, and part of the reason is Moses wanted to keep the veil on is so the people didn't know the glory wasn't there. Oh man, that's a good one for those of us who lead. Lead. 
Sometimes we just want to cover up what really is happening inside of our heart because we don't want the people to know the glory is not there. Folks, I want to tell you something. You can't cover up the fact the glory is not there. People see right through your veil, right into your face, and they will not see the glow of Christ. They will see the snarl of you. You having a good day? Yeah, I'm okay. So how you doing? I'm fine! There's this sense at which our lives are not the same without the glory of God. My little two-year-old grandbaby, when she was one, I, she had this bottle. She's walking around the house just pouring milk out everywhere, water out everywhere. And I was like, oh, we got to do something about this. And it was cold, and she was... She was wanting it for, because it was cold. So I went in the freezer and got a water bottle. It had a lid on it and handed it to her. And it was frozen and no water was coming out of it. And she could walk around with this cold thing and make herself feel colder again. And I thought I'd done a good thing. And she looked at me and she said, Peppo, it's not the same. When we don't have the real thing, People around us look at us and they say, yeah, you may call yourself a Christian. You may say you live in the presence of God, but it's not the same. Don't you ever leave this church. You stay on that seat and you keep amen <laughs> Paul says that Moses lost the glory. You know why Moses lost the glory? Because he, got, he came in contact with the Spirit of God, but the Holy Spirit was not there permanently and everywhere. He only showed up in individual sessions for small revelations. He wasn't there for all time. But guess what? Jesus said, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem, told the disciples, I want you to pray that I, my Holy Spirit will come and be with you Always. So there's no excuse for you walking around with no glory, with no dwelling, with no proof of the Holy Spirit living in you. Let me pause here just for a second. Time out. At the end of this service, I am going to ask you to respond to the voice of God in a different way than you're accustomed to. So start praying now. Start praying now, Lord. If you speak to me, I will respond. Yes? No? Now some of you are afraid to say something because you've seen me work in the past. I'm not going to try to trap you. And I promise you, you won't be embarrassed. I just know that God has something special for us this morning. Well, Paul then writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, yeah, for, we preach, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, which means Master. 
we were talking in the NFL, this, the men's Bible study, you know, the simple fact that you would address him as Lord confesses that you are servant and that he is in charge of you. Slave. Huh. And he says, not just ourselves as servants or slaves to Christ, but he says, to you. You know what? It's okay to be the servant of somebody important or dignitary or high up. Yeah, I'm chauffeur for the ambassador of Zimbabwe. But when you say, you know what, I'm chauffeur for that homeless man down there. I'm meddling this morning, aren't I? I think God's trying to say something to us. The concept has changed. Okay, so let's go back to the scripture. See, we don't preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is what we preach. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, Genesis 1-3, in the, in the beginning was, uh, uh, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was out without form and void and in darkness. And in the darkness, God said, let there be. And what happened? And it was. No argument. And the light dispelled the darkness. That same God who did that speaks into your life. Do you remember when you were in darkness and he spoke into you? Do you remember the transformation, the change? The new creature in Christ Jesus that you have become? So he made his light to shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Glory in us because when people see us, they see face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, my contention to you this morning is that that is an antiquated term. Here's why a jar of clay was important for Paul. He said that the treasure may be of you. Jars were taken to the well, filled up, brought back to the house, and water was distributed throughout the house. When corn or other grains were harvested, they were stored in large vessels. The vessels served a purpose, but they were not the thing that was important. It was what's inside of them that made the difference. They were conduits of product and power. If Paul lived today, my contention to you is that he would use this critter. An extension cord. I told you we'd been in that crazy power crisis, and they had extension cords run all over my house. There's something about an extension cord that we need to understand this morning that was the same way about the vessel of clay. It doesn't matter what color it is. Doesn't matter where it came from. Doesn't matter how long it is, as long as it's long enough. You know what I'm saying? What's important about a cord? 
It carries power. Maybe you ought to be preaching this. It takes the power from its source to its destination. You are jars of clay. You are extension cords. There's glory in you that the world needs to see, that the world needs to know. Not just the world, but the people sitting beside you in the seats need to experience this power that is in you. First thing we understand about the extension cord is that it must be in order that power may come into it. So if it's not plugged in, is it any good? Okay, so I'm going to plug it in. Does it work now? Why not? Not to the source. It's kind of selfish. It's kind of uh, plugging into me. Well, I just have a little me time. I think I'll be a better person by having a little me time. It doesn't work. Well, you know, I really like music. If I just plug into a little music, I'll be okay. Ah, uh, ain't nothing wrong with ball games. It serves a purpose. But if I'm plugging into the ball game to receive power. What do you think that's going to do for me? You know, I don't care how much I try to force this plug into this block of wood. There is nothing this block of wood is going to do for anything on this end. We walk around trying to plug into the wrong things. We don't have power or as much as we need. And we tend to, uh, to just kind of go around our world finding things to plug into so that our lives can become meaningful. Some of us remember that we should be plugged into Christ. And we plug in. And I know you've never done this. But we plug into Jesus. And, and we do fine for a while. But then we forget about our connection. You ever been vacuuming and reach? Oh, man. Did you intend on unplugging it? Do you keep on vacuuming? Doesn't work. Then why? Why do you keep on living life? Why do you keep on pretending when you know you're unplugged? Oh man, I wish that pastor would just shut up this morning. He's meddling. Ah. 
our only source of power is the Christ who lives in us. And if we try to share anything with this world who needs desperately the light of Christ, if we try to share and we are not plugged in, we will have nothing to give them. First step, plug in. Second step, power on. You've got those extension cords that have those little indicators on. You know, the little light that lights up. And you look down you go, Eh, power's on. At least it's flowing through this thing all the way down to the indicator. You know how I know? I see the light on. Oh, this will preach if I can think of how to bring it together. We walk around with little indicator lights on all the time. Is he on? Or off? You plugged in? Or not? Oh, Pastor, you don't know how my week's been. It's so hot. Can't nobody be like Christ in this weather. Uh You know what? You can too be like Christ. Oh, I know. About 15 minutes after you take a shower, you walk out and you're like, I just took another one but in my own sweat. And it is miserable to have to try to shave with the flashlight holding it up to the mirror to see what you've missed and what you've hit. And it's not fun to have to do some of the things that the inconveniences cause. But you know what? The Holy Spirit said He would be with us well, not 9 to 5, Huh. So that means when your car breaks down, you can still be Jesus. That means when times are hard, you can still be Jesus. You know why we have difficulty being Jesus when those things are like that? It's because we try to hold on to our right to be right. I had a guy tell me the other day, and we were talking about marriages. And we were, we were sharing with another, just counseling this other family. And this guy looked at me and he's like, let me tell you something. You have the right to be right, or you have the right to be happy. But you can't be both. <laughs> Most of us hold on to our right to be right. And you remember, when we hold on to stuff, we prevent ourselves from being vessels through which it can flow. It's kind of a blockage. So what do we have to do? Let go. Let it go. What does it serve? So what? You pout for 24 hours. Who does it hurt? Let it go. 
be Jesus. Let the light be on. And then the third thing, power in, second. Third thing, power out. It does me no good to plug this thing in and stick this end in my pocket. Oh man, my refrigerator's not running. But it's plugged in. Yeah, there's power getting to it. We've been through a lot as a church. Tough stuff. I mean, you've had pastoral... Last year, like, if it can happen, it did. I mean, that's the way you feel sometimes. You've had pastoral transitions. Had a great pastor, loved you, worked with you for like 16 years. And then one day he's like, I'm gone. And you're like, what? And then you look around and you see people that were sitting beside you week after week and, and you're going, where are they? They're not here. And so the tendency in times like this is to unplug. And to not connect. Just take our little stenching cord and go home. Oh, blessed quietness. It's true. The whole idea of separation, of disconnecting, of going, God, I don't understand why you've done this to us. Of saying, where does it all, where does it all go? What does it mean? How does it fit together? I don't know. And the truth of the matter is, folks, just like my house looked with all those cords all over it, our church should look like a network of extension cords plugged into God and one another. Because there are times we can't reach God in a given moment. We can't seem to find Him. But somebody beside us says, I hear you. I know what you're going through. Plug into me. Let me help you. And our hearts cry out, for some connection, some point of connectivity, some point where we can one more time feel the power and presence of the Most High God. Okay. One more point. And that is all of this to say this. We are vessels through whom the Holy Spirit should have permission to flow. Power through our lives. Power through our church. 
You are not a single cable unto yourself. We are the body of Christ. And God is calling us to something this morning to look beyond ourselves, to look beyond the whole idea of connecting to ourselves, to look behind the, uh, behind the idea, well, they don't have power, and they don't have power, and they don't have power. Yeah, I know, because the circumstances are causing all of us to stretch beyond where we're really connecting, and the connection comes loose. And we reach around and try to plug into somebody or something and they've pulled through, pulled loose too. We need a new infilling of the Holy Spirit to help us reconnect with our world. We sent out an update this week. Some of you have read it. Some of you probably deleted it when you got it. And some of you yet have to check your email and look at it. But I want you to read it. If you need another one, you just call the office. We'll send it to you again. Because in that, God spoke to my heart about where we are as a congregation. Josh put together uh, words from his own heart, and, and we went back as a staff and, and group of people and tried to look at it to refine it so that we were really saying what it is. But it's about this this morning. It's about being disconnected. It's about being powerless. It's about without the glory. It's about not that we have had intent to do that. I don't look at you and see any intent whatsoever. I don't look at the people who left and see any intent in their heart to do anything wrong. I think what it is is it's just we have become disconnected because we've focused on all the other stuff that was going on. And God is gently this morning through a hillbilly preacher saying, I know where you are. He's saying, I want you to connect. He's saying, I want to shine that light in your life so that your countenance reflects who I am in you. No condemnation. But welcome and reward through Jesus Christ in us. I want to do something after well these guys are going to come but they're not going to sing I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something that's against your culture or not you're not accustomed to I'm going to stand up here and if you have heard from God this morning and he's saying I want to flow through you to connect to the world I want you to join me, and I want us to just make a big loop. I don't care if it's all around the church. Anybody who's heard God's voice and saying, I know God wants me to be his cord. I know he wants to flow through me. So if you've heard him, join me up here, would you? There you go. Oh, we're not, we're not, I mean, it's just going to happen. Give me a hand. We're going to hold hands, I know. Some of you say, I don't like to hold hands. That's all right, I do. And if you don't feel like God's talked to you, you're not ready to say yes. You don't have to come. I'm, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying this is an opportunity. And spread out. Let's go all the way around the church. How's that? Wherever we reach. We're going to pray together.
And then we're going to celebrate with this song about broken chains. How our lives can reflect the person of Jesus Christ in our world. To break the chains of bondage and set captives free. To build a new life in Christ Jesus. Awesome. Thanks for joining me this morning. What an awesome picture. Spread out, guys. Swing down this way. See if you can reach around here and grab their hands. Come on. Let's make a big circle if we can get it together. Let's try to include John at the sound booth. How's that? Yeah. Keep coming. Everybody, you're going to have to scooch out from the center here, too. Keep going. Ah, uh, we got... There we go. Somebody go around him and let it cut, bring him into the circle. There you go. Good. Excellent. Man, we even have camera people in on the action. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Aren't you ready to see him do a new work in us? Aren't you ready to see him just kind of electrify our community by the power of Christ in us? Let's pray. Father, how awesome it is to be your vessel. How awesome it is to be in a place where others want to be your vessel. Where others say, yeah, that's what I want. I want the power of Christ, the glory of Christ to flow through me. Where they're saying in their spirit and in their heart, I need Jesus more. Because my world needs Jesus more. And I want to be Jesus for them. Help us, Father, this day to build an altar here at CFC Naz where we plugged back in. Where we rejuiced. Where we took the connection that God made in our lives. Begin to make a connection with our world. Let us see the results of this connection. And may our lives never be the same because of the presence, the dwelling, the doxa, the Shekinah presence of God in us. Now, Father, what you do in us and for us and through us we will not fail to give you praise and glory and honor. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake hands with your neighbor. Let's worship together as they sing this song for us and we leave. Hallelujah.